does it matter what programming language they start with? Should they start with Python? Should they start with Java? Matt, does it matter what programming language they start with? Should yeah, they start with Python? Should they start with Java? Do you guys what programming ask me language wanna, should I... Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Summer Tech Podcast. We are once again joined by Stephen Fink, the owner and founder of Summer Tech, and the wonderful tech director, Benjamin Ehrlich, and myself, Matt Baptist. So I want to start off today's podcast by just touching briefly on a current event that we saw in the news today. The popular program Scratch, which is used by a lot of um, programs in order to teach, you know, get very young kids exposed to coding and, and get them started, was just banned in China. And so I just wanted to kind of read the room. How do we feel about that scratch ban in China? You know, reading this article, this article isn't about the validity of scratch. This was a political fight. Which is kind of funny with an educational tool like that. It only hurts yourself, right? If the if the tool's effective to for teaching. Is it effective though? Well, I'd say the the you know, it's a fine program and, and we're glad it's here. It's just, you know, certainly where a lot of kids first even find out what coding is or, or you know, what it even wrap their heads around the concept. Uh, but it's nothing we've ever taught because we've always felt that it uh, it just didn't hold the value of, of what it was we were trying to teach. We just felt it didn't uh, really teach kids how to build as much as how to use Scratch. You know, it's great for understanding concepts, but um, I'd say once they hit eight or nine, they're ready to move on to, um, you know, typing it all in and understanding everything they're typing. What were the first programming languages that were offered at Summer Tech? So we used to just call it code, I believe. It's been uh, going on to our 20th summer. Uh, we were teaching Java, we were teaching web, we were teaching a course that dealt with a lot of um, basic, like Microsoft products and like Word and Excel. Uh, we had a visual basic and we did that as well. Um, and then we quickly started adding new things as, and trying all kinds of things. But Java was the cool language at the time. Uh, I don't think I'd even heard of Python at that point. And so it was Java from the beginning, not C++? It's been so long, I'm not even sure. I feel like it was Java. I feel like C++ came a little bit later. So we, we have mentioned Visual Basic, we've mentioned C++, Java. Were there any other programming languages that we've tried offering as sort of a main language that we don't currently offer? Languages? Uh, well, C++, uh, which ended about, what, four or five years ago? Is roller coaster a language? We were. Um, we had a roller coaster physics course. We had several animation courses or different uh, mediums, at least, or different programs. Uh, there's probably things I'm forgetting. There's our, uh, you know, famous Machinima course. And so I'd say infamous Machinima course. Our world infamous. Yeah. Yes. So how did we end up landing on the current two coding languages that we teach? How did we end up on those languages, Matt? Yeah, Matt, how did we get to, uh, <laughs> how, did, how did Python become our most popular class? So I remember Python was not something when I was a, a camper at Summer Tech all those years ago. Uh, Python was not a programming language that was offered. I started my first weeks at Summer Tech. I was a C++ student, and the only options were C++ and Java. And Python was something that, you know, I and, and a couple other senior counselors um, at the time eventually had learned on our own. And another senior counselor and I, Phil, uh, eventually, you know, I got on the staff. I was no longer taking C++ as a student. 
And Phil and I brought up the idea of teaching Python to Steve and, and, and got the go-ahead. And we ended up teaching a group of about seven kids, I think, our first week. I remember Phil was working with four beginners. I was working with two intermediate students, two to three intermediate students. And it was very successful. And so over time, we saw we, we moved away from C++ and Python and Java became the two languages that we were focusing on. And then Python really became what we started to recommend to new programmers that were coming in. And so we got a little bit more focused and intentional with our recommendations and, and how we were thinking about those programs and realized that Python had a lot to offer. You know, I, I think that anyone who's listening should understand how this company works. Um, and I have no problem letting everybody know that I'm not the coder uh, in this family. Uh, sure, I've done a little bit here and there. I actually coded in fourth grade, uh, which is what, 1970-something, and um, on a Commodore PET computer learning BASIC, right? 10, print to low, 20, go to 10. And, and, um, and building things there. And, you know, so I've known about coding a long time. I remember uh, me and my buddy on Commodore 64s, he was doing machine language, which was really just a series of codes, like not even codes, just like a string number, strings of numbers that you would put in and eventually you just get this cool game. Um, but what's been so fantastic about this company is people like yourself, Matt, people like Ben, people like all the kinds of people who have come, have come up to me and said, well, what if we did this? Could we try this? This is big now. This is popular. Um, and I think my job really eventually became, uh, at least when it comes to content, um, let's try it. You know, I uh, listen to what you say. I, I see the merits. Uh, and so let's try it and see what happens. And from that, we have almost everything that we have now. Uh, animation came that way. Um, it's obviously Python. Uh, Machinima came that way. Uh, what's the other I was just thinking of? Um, 3D modeling. Oh, 3D modeling. Yeah, 3D modeling. Uh, another one. So this place is a real kind of cooperative workshop in a lot of ways where there's no one out there going, well, let's find the best educational packets written by this PhD and this educator. And now we've just uh, created it from the ground up and watched it work and 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 molded as as it went and we saw our kid, kids taking to this or they're learning more and i remember i think it was you matt that came to me a long time ago like six seven years ago and said you realize these kids are going you know doing their whole first semester of college in about three weeks and that's when it first hit me like i had no idea i always uh, was interested in running an amazing camp so uh, this this whole place just runs in a, in a, with a different mo that um, that I'm really proud of. Have fun and learn something. One yeah. could say it's a prescient motto. So I think there's sort of two closely related questions or, or kind of follow ups that come from that. And the first one of them is, how did the trend of you know we talked about how the the bar was raised with the level at which we t taught coding as well as our other classes, but as we kind of focus in on coding here, how, how did that process of coming from maybe a little bit more loose where we were uh, 10 or 11 years ago to consistently to the level at, at which we teach now and everything's formalized here happen? Well, for me, I think it had everything to do with um, the leadership program. In my very first summer, uh, there were 
actually no, the summer before SummerTech started when we were still American Computer Experience and before that company went out of business and SummerTech was started and I was directing that camp, which we can talk about in another episode, um, I identified these three 15-year-old camp leaders, that these were the most popular and fun and the, the, the guys that really just made camp run outside of our staff that um, other campers really gravitated towards. And I said, you guys want to come back next year and be CITs? And they did. And they were instrumental and, and a you know big part of our staff. And other people said, I want to do that. And so little by little, we started adding more kids as they were growing up and showing that they were mature enough to handle this and they had the skills to teach. Um, we gave them the chance to see if they can teach and, and get in there. And little by little, our classes got smaller and smaller and smaller just because they could, because we had so much staff until eventually we kind of landed at three to one. And while it may not be the most economical way to run a business, uh, the results were uh, off the charts. Uh, hence, when you came to me and said, you realize we're taking kids from here to here in three weeks. So that's when really why Codedum got going, because we no longer were just a a summer camp fun slash educational program, we became uh, legitimate in, in how we taught. And we're like, well, why isn't everybody else doing this? I don't understand why they're not doing this. And and to this day, I've been in this business now since the mid-90s. To this day, I, I still haven't seen anybody take our approach of just simply putting people with people and teaching and letting them learn rather than putting them in this box and saying, well, here's the thing I want you to teach and here's the script. Um, that doesn't work. And, uh, you know, it, it, you don't get to know people. You don't get to uh, have experiences. And, you know, you guys have taught. Every, a lot of people have taught now at Summer Tech and Codedum. And I think that every minute of that teaching um, forced them to grow up and become more mature and get better communication skills and uh, just more confidence. You know, we've seen a lot of kids come in without a lot of confidence and eventually leave and head off to college or, or beyond. Um, just a different person. And we're not the ones who made them confident, but we certainly opened a, a door for them and an opportunity that they might not have gotten at such a young age. And I think that's been um, the best thing we've done overall is, is create that opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I think what you were saying about the leadership program and how we saw sort of generation after generation of staff come in and realize that they wanted to raise the bar. They they had an example set for them and they had not just a cool or, or an amazing camp experience, but they had a great learning experience and they wanted to share that same joy and, and interest they got from what they were doing to another student. And I think it was really cool getting to uh, having someone who was a counselor at that time instead of just a director being getting to be part of that cohort and see that change and, and that attitude was, was a really cool thing, I think, to kind of grow up in. So just to focus in on the sort of the other question or the other idea that we're looking at was how did we land on these two sort of current uh, programming languages that we're teaching? And, and for someone who is starting to code, 
should what kind of does it matter what programming language they start with should they start with python should they start with java matt does it matter what programming language they start with should yeah, they start with python should they start with java do you guys what programming you language should i learn to start repeat learning everything to code? i just said to me no you just answer your own question i'll i'll preface it by saying towards the end there were three languages at being taught at camp the two main ones for a while were java and c++ and then python came in and it was sort of this new language and some people were sort of skeptical and then it started to grow and then eventually i believe it was you matt said well we don't need c plus plus why yeah so so that's a great question and i actually think it was something a lot of students were wondering about and didn't get the chance to get the question answered so i'm happy to just sort of explain the full reasoning the secret is finally coming out the secret's mm-hmm. finally coming out exactly this is the hidden summer Edge tech decision process what we were finding with specifically with our c plus plus course was that in order to kind of give them a a generalizable skill set, in order to sort of focus more on building the problem-solving concepts and and getting them to a place where they could take that and apply that to things that weren't C++, you almost had to teach C++ the wrong way. You almost had to teach them uh, in a way that didn't take advantage of like what real C++ programming and some of the tools that existed in there that you would actually be using if you were using it to do things. So that's why we moved away from C++. Ultimately, we have found Python to be an extremely effective language for beginners for a couple of reasons. And I I think it has many, many strengths as a language. But first and and foremost is that the the syntax has a bit of a simpler learning curve. So you can get started with learning programming in Python, and you're able to spend more of your time focusing on the important stuff, which is how do you break down problems and then write code to solve those problems, as opposed to just, did I drop a semicolon here? Or, you know, am I missing uh, XYZ set of parentheses or things like that? And those things are still present in Python and you will still build those skills too, but your introduction and, and the speed with which you start to pick everything up, it's just a little bit more natural with Python. So that, that's a big advantage of it. As well as the fact that it is very generalizable. You're working with, you know, a very fully powerful programming language and you can take those skills and translate them to other domains. So Python is, has very quickly become our sort of tool of choice to recommend to beginners. The programming language I should learn to start coding, you would say? Yeah, absolutely. And any age? I think Python is a great language for both youth and adults. I mean, I can say in my own life, if I need to write a program to do something that isn't for a more, any any kind of personal project or any sort of quick task that I need to accomplish, I'm using Python for it. It's got tons of libraries, extensions uh, to do anything you really need to do. Can, can you think of a reason that you should start with Java? Yeah. I, I, so Java is a great language. Uh, I think it has some of the same issues of learning C++ in that it's got a bit of a steeper learning curve and a couple other things. But Java has a number of advantages of it is going to be a standardized language that you're going to see in high school classes, that you're going to see in college classes. So if you are in high school already and you are potentially looking at AP Computer Science on the horizon or if you are maybe heading into college and are just looking to get a head start on programming, if that's something you might be interested in, Java is a great language to pick up for those reasons, and you can absolutely start there. It's also a very widely popular language and in use still in the industry, and the, the skills that you will build learning Java will transfer to a number of other very useful languages. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of the Summer Tech and Codedom podcast. If you want to contact us, you can reach us at info at codidum.com. Until next week, 
have fun, learn something. Break it down into components and solve those components and work with the team in order to do that. How do you make sure the green screen you buy for your chair is going to fit? <laughs> these things are important. You have to figure out how we're going to get to these.